Alright, so we are back in the studio for another radio play. And it's, it's kind of nice to catch up with some old friends. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and me. And you. <laughs> Thank you. Right? On the plus side, Josh Fogge is here. Yes! Sipping rose. Right? And there's Kevin Hanchard. Yeah. He's yeah. kind of showed up. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I was cold and lonely outside. He was scared. I was scared. Crazy. But they can't kick me out now. It's nope. too late. <laughs> so we've got a Sherlock Holmes adventure from 1947. Surprisingly, not racist <laughs> yeah. or sexist. There's like no racism or sexism. Uh, a little sexism. A little misogyny. Gentle, like with right. like dog whistle misogyny. Yeah. we'll call it. Just and even kind of between yeah. women. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Smith. But yeah, no one cares. Have you some of the Yeah, no. Chris probably. Fact that the Sherlock Holmes insult English. Mm-hmm. It's polite misogyny. Yes, polite misogyny. Is that all right with you? Slap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All then. right. So who we got playing the All right. So we, let's. Okay. So Kevin Hanchard is Sherlock Holmes. Kevin Hanchard is Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. And and Bell. <laughs> right. That's just the two. Yes. And then uh, Josh Volpe is Doctor Watson. Yeah. And Mrs. Mickle. Yes. Harkening <laughs> back to the Canterville ghost days. <laughs> I am Mrs. Lackland and Mary. And Tim is the announcer. Gillian. And Tom. Tom. Tim Tom. That was the one I was supposed to remember first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. We're just gonna. We're gonna sip some rose and we're gonna do this thing. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 Got glasses. Hey. The plastic oh. stuff of before. Wow, that's so much. Right. We're going to go home and then I'm going to drink sangria for the rest of the night. I'm going to talk myself up. Yeah, actually, we may as well do that. That's why it's there. There we go. All right. <clears throat> Got to get loose. Right? <clears throat> Some actors stretch and do their voice. <laughs> <laughs> we, we drink. We get boozy. <laughs> <clears throat> Carmel Hair Tonic and Carmel Shampoo presents the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes, starring Josh Fogey as Dr. Watson and Kevin Hatchard as Sherlock Holmes. Now, once again, it's time to keep the weekly appointment with our good friend and host, Dr. Watson. Good evening, Dr. Watson. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Mr. Bell. As usual, you're punctual to the minute. Pull up a chair and make yourself comfortable. Thank you. That's it. I see you have the old black tin dispatch box out again, Dr. Watson. I deduce that you were going over your notes on tonight's case. Elementary, my dear boy. Among the records, I came across some notes of uh, some cases that I'd almost forgotten. The shocking death of the Crosby banker, the Adelaide tragedy, and some dartier on the unusual contents of the ancient British pharaoh. Ooh! Those stories sound pretty intriguing, Dr. Watson. I shall tell you them to some other, on some other evening, Mr. Bell. Right. Tonight, I'm going to recount an adventure that took place in the heart of the beautiful English countryside. I call it the Adventure of the Tolling Bell. Go on. Well, that story began in the small country village of Conforth. Holmes and I had recently 
brought to a successful conclusion the affair of the Barrow and Furnace wheelchair murders. And we decided to take a few days rest in the nearby Comforth area would, uh, where they would do us well before returning to our arduous life on Baker Street. We were staying in a small but comfortable inn. Only on the morning of the third day, I remember. Holmes and I were in our bedroom waiting for those two <laughs> essentials without which an English country gentleman could not start his day. An early morning cup of tea and a jug of hot water for shaving. As we sat there at the open window, a nearby uh, church bell was tolling a funeral knell. There must be a funeral in the village, Holmes. And it starts in the Watson. There's no need to make fun of me. Impressing sound, isn't it? Uh, I suppose so. Has it ever occurred to you, Watson, that the history of bells is full of romantic interests? Well, I, I can't say I've thought much about it. Almost every historical event has been accompanied by the sound of bells. They summoned soldiers to arms as well as Christians to church. They sounded the alarm in five, two, multiple nations. <laughs> And many a bloody chapter in history has been rung in and out by bells. <laughs> right. Well, I can't say I've thought much about it. Uh, you seem to be a mind of information on the subject, though. <laughs> Go on with yourself, man. Yes, Watson. It's a fascinating subject. Come in, come in. Good morning, my dear. Pardon me, gentlemen. I... I brought your tea and your shaving water, Mrs. Mickelson, to see. Your breakfast will be ready in half an hour. Splendid, Marion. Oh, hey, Mary, the church bell is tolling a funeral knell. Do you know uh, who's being buried? <laughs> I do, sir. I wish it was me. It'll be my turn soon. Slam. Poor little thing. I wonder what's the matter with her. I have no idea. Perhaps her father or mother just died. Or a young man, yes. I bet that's it. She's a pretty girl. She obviously has been crying uh, when she came in. Perhaps that's her fiancé. They're burying now. Watson, you have the sentimental imagination of the true storyteller. But we've come here for a holiday. You must give your imagination a rest too. So, come on, drink your tea! Remove your whiskers and we'll go downstairs and investigate those kippers. You like your kippers, gentlemen? Uh, excellent, Miss Mickle. Excellent. Never, never eaten better. Never. Yes, yes indeed. Uh, by the way, Mrs. Mickle, we heard the funeral bell tolling earlier on. Do you know who was being buried? Yes, I do. Two souls were being buried, and one of them was a murderer. A, a murderer? Lord, in this peaceful village? Oh, oh. What happened, Mrs. Mickle? <laughs> Old Threadcold, the corn merchant, found out his wife had been gallivanting around with a young fellow from Bolton. Cut her throat, he did. And then he hanged himself. More tea. Oh, yeah. yeah, thank you. Shocking! So the peaceful countryside is not as peaceful as it's made to be, Holmes. Thank that I frequently had occasion to point out to you, Watson. But has the morning post arrived yet, Mrs. Mickle? Here comes old Gilly up the park with the now I'll see if he's got anything for you. A murderer? Uh, wh what do you make of it, Holmes? What is it to make of it, Watson? A jealous husband murders a faithless wife and then commits suicide. A tragic story, 
but a simple one. Tap of the morning to you, gentlemen. Good morning, Gillian. Any letters for me today? Hi, Mr. Holmes. Two letters. One of them's got some newspaper clippings in it, I think. And you got a postcard from Mr. Lestrade, who uh. wants you back in London bad, Mr. Holmes. Uh. There you are. Pardon myself, Gilly. Uh, you've been reading Mr. Holmes' private correspondence. Well, I'm glad you heard, Dr. Watson. If I didn't read other people's correspondence, how would I know what's going on in the village? Hmm. You were right, Gilly. It is newspaper clippings. Now, by the way, you heard about the murder of Mrs. Threadgold, I suppose? Heard about it? I told about this morning at the funeral. Did you say that you're bell ringer as well as postman? Oh, sure are. Yes, Doctor. President of the Coral Society, too, as well as the Perry's Council. You're a busy man, Gillian. Yes, I am, sir. Take this afternoon now. I'm turning those bells again. Not another funeral, surely? No, sir. A wedding this time. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I, young Sang Perry, is marrying the Slater girl. And you might say I'm responsible for bringing them together. Got some of their letters mixed up, I did. Then looked each other up to exchange them, and a presto. Before you know what's happening, there I get married. Regular Cupid, you might say I am. Be off with you, Gilly. Other people want their letters. Mr. Holmes doesn't want his kippers spoiled with your idle chatter. All right, Mrs. Crabapple and Vinegar. Oh. <laughs> One day's fine days, you'll smile, and the world will come to an end. Good day, gentlemen. Talkative old busybody he is. Oh, Mr. Holmes. Miss Lackland's in the hall. The poor lady is most anxious to talk to you. Mrs. Lackland? She has the seamstress shop on High Street. Her only son ran away from home a few months back. I think that's why she wants to speak to you about it. Oh, uh, but my friend's here for a rest, Mrs. Mickle. I told her that, Doctor, but she won't go away without seeing Mr. Holmes. No, 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 very well. Ask her to come in, please, Mrs. Nickel. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Oh, I do bother to see her home. Sounds like a trivial matter. The disappearance of an only son can never be a trivial matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant a trivial matter for you, not for her. This is Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson, dear. Thank you, Emmy. Good morning, sirs. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> oh, please. Um, Sit down, Mrs. Lackland. That's it. <laughs> now, what's the trouble? It's Tom, sir. Me only son. He left me four months ago and I've not seen air a night of him since... You've had no message from him since he left? Not one word. I'm fair out of me mind, sir. Have you any idea of his reason for leaving the village, Mrs. Lackland? None, sir. He was a good boy and he worked hard and he didn't fool around with those flippity-gibbet girls in the village. <laughs> I think he's met with a foul play, gentlemen, and I want you to find out about him for me, Mr. Holmes. I heard say in the village that you're the greatest detective in England. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Lackland, <laughs> I'd be glad to help you, but you've given me no clues to work with. I'm afraid I can't... If it's money you want, I've got 20 pounds in your poster savings. It's all yours if you can bring my Tommy home to me, or at least tell me he's safe. Mrs. Lackland, I wouldn't dream of accepting a fee. However... <laughs> I shall give your problems some fault. If I arrive at any conclusions, I'll get in touch with you at once. God bless you, Mr. Holmes. Good morning to you, sirs. Good day. Good morning, Mrs. Lackland. Poor old thing. 
I don't see how you can help her, Holmes. Nor do I. <laughs> At the moment. But a young man who has grown up in a small village like this may have led a life that his mother is totally unaware of. You said you have to work on one of your stories today, Watson. Yes, I have a letter from the editor of the Strand magazine yesterday requesting a manuscript as soon as possible. Splendid! <laughs> then, you must stay at the inn and work on your latest masterpiece while I scour the village to see what may be found out and about the missing young man. <laughs> it's what I do! <laughs> there you are, Holmes. I was beginning to think you got lost. Oh, hello, Watson. I trust you had a profitable session with pen and paper. I, I got about half a chapter. It would have done more if I hadn't been for those. If it hadn't been for those infernal bells. The wedding ceremony that the worthy Gillian told us about this morning. Ugh, I'm tired. What did you find out about Mrs. Lackland's son? Ah, among other things, <laughs> that he had a secret love life unknown to his mother. And the object of his affection was none other than the maid who brought us our tea this morning. <laughs> Mary, did you talk to her? No, it's a half day off and I was unable to find her. But I shall question her when she brings our tea tomorrow morning. <laughs> Come in, Mary. Oh, Mrs. Nichol. Good morning, gentlemen. Here's your tea and shaving water. Oh, where's Mary this morning? She didn't come to work. Must be ill again. Not a reliable girl and no better than she ought to be if you ask me. It's not a job for me to be carrying tea and hot water upstairs. I hear the village bell tolling for another funeral. Does Conforth have a burial every morning? I don't see how the population can run to it. It's another suicide, sir. Another suicide? Good Lord! Oh, oh, old John Latterberry, the baker. He was expecting some money from his son in Australia. Never came. And they foreclosed on his shop, and he hanged himself. Will you be wanting a couple of boiled eggs to your breakfast, gentlemen? Yeah. No, uh, no, I, I haven't much appetite now. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, sir. That woman seems absolutely heartless. I, she almost smacks her lips when she tells about these tragedies. Yes, Watson. I noticed it. The peace, this peaceful village is beginning to seem strangely sinister to me. And since you have no appetite for breakfast, perhaps you'll join me in a little excursion as soon as you're dressed. Of course. Where are we going? To see the Maid Mary. I'm anxious to talk to her before another funeral bell begins to toll. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This must be a cottage home. They, they said it was the one with the honeysuckle over the gate. Yes, and there's Mary sitting on the porch. She's got up. She's coming up the path to meet us. <laughs> Good morning, Mary. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, why have you come here? Not to ask about my health. Why should a servant girl matter to gentlemen like you? Oh, you misjudged us, my dear. I assure you that we... No, Watson! <laughs> Let's be honest and admit we didn't come because of our concern for Mary's elf. Then why did you come oh. here, sir? <clears throat> Mrs. Lacklin asked me to try to find her son. 
Tom. Tom? Yes, Tom Lachlan. I thought you might be able to help me, Marion. If I could help you, Mr. Holmes, I'd be helping myself too. Here comes Gilly, the postman. Gilly? Gilly, is there a letter for me today? No, lass, there's nothing for you again. There must be, Gilly, there must be. No, lass, if the letter would come, I'd bring it to you fast, as fast as me legs could carry me. You know that. Morning, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson. Left some letters at the end for you, Doctor. You had a letter from a lady. Uh, how did you know it was from a lady? Reached with the smell of violets, it did. And it was written in a green ink on grey paper, sir. Amazing deduction. That sounds like your friend from Dalis, Watson. How, how, how do you know about that? I mean, uh, I don't have a young friend from Dalis, Watson. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Gilly! You told another funeral bell today, didn't you? Aye, sir, and a tragic teen it was. Well, will never be hanged himself because he didn't get money from his son in Australia. I found him, I did. I was the one to cut him down. And right to me postbag was the letter he was waiting for. The letter that would have saved his life. Great Scott! What a ghastly piece of irony! Aye, that it was, sir, that it was. Well, gentlemen, I'll be on my way. Good day, good day, Mary. Perhaps that letter will arrive tomorrow. No, I'll never hear from Tom. Now he's ashamed of me. That's why he deserted me. Desert you, Mary? You speak almost as if you were his wife. I am his wife. What? <laughs> we were married secretly in Rockdale five months ago, come Tuesday. And he never told his mother? He was afraid to. She thought I was beneath him. Tom said he'd go away and get a good job and then return here and fetch me back with him. He went away all right, but he never came back or said me a word. When he left, did he give no clues to his destination? No hints of any kind, Mary! Wait! He did once say, Mary, I'm going to clear out to this puddle and make me fortune, even if I have to bury it. And then he said, <laughs> bury me fortune? Huh, that's a joke, isn't it? I don't know what he meant by that. I think I do, Mary. <laughs> Watson, we're taking a short train journey as soon as possible. Oh? Where are we going, may I ask? We are going to the town of Berry in search of this young lady's husband. What makes you think Tom might be in Berry, Mr. Holmes? Because the famous fortune cotton mills are in Berry, Mary. <laughs> It would seem possible that when your husband joked of burying his fortune, he was talking of going to the mills there. <laughs> Wherever he's gone, he won't be coming back for me. I know that. No, 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 no. Don't talk like that, my dear. Remember, you have friends, Mrs. Lackland. <laughs> How much longer is Holmes going to be? He leaves me standing outside the factory gates as if I was a blasted coachman. Ah, there he is, there he is, Holmes! Holmes! Oh, uh, hello, 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 Watson, yes. Permit me to introduce you to Mr. Tom Lackland. Tom, this is Dr. Watson. How do you do, Dr. Watson? How do you do? Never mind, how do I do, young fellow, me lad? How do you do? Your behavior has been absolutely shocking. Shocking! Now, what are you talking about? <laughs> Leaving your dear old mother and deserting your pretty little bride because you're ashamed of her. You're a scoundrel, sir. You deserve a good horse whipping. Mm. And I have a good mind to give it to you. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about, Dr. Watson. 
but I don't like the word you use. And if it's a violence you want, I don't mind telling you, I'm amateur heavyweight champion of the county. You are? Oh, well, no need to become aggressive. No, 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 no. Let's, let's waste time on being acrimonious, Mr. Watson. No, no, let's, no, no. All right, fine. No, let's waste time on Mr. Watson. All right? Let's go back to the station as fast as we can. The return of the prodigal is long overdue. We must give them every opportunity to kill the fatted calf. What? Do I know? Oh, there's Mary's house. I'm dying to see her. Then after this reunion, Tom, I suggest you both go over and see your mother. I'm sure she'll forgive you. Yes, Mr. Holmes, I'll do that. Perhaps we should have warned her. Your sudden appearance may be something of a shock. I think it's a shock that Mary can handle. She must be out. Door's locked. Knock again if you don't mind. She may be asleep. Bang! Great heavens! That was a revolver shot! Come on, Watson! Let me break in the door! <laughs> now, Dr. Watson, that was a fine place to break off your story. Now, you left me right on the edge of a cliff. Had the young girl shot herself, huh? Tell me. She shot at herself, Mr. Bell, but fortunately, her last minute lack of courage made her shot go wild. Holmes and I and the young bridegroom burst into the house and rescued the smoking revolver from her hand. Mm. I must confess the reunion between the two young lovers was a touching sight. In fact, I felt considerably older than I was as Holmes and I stood there listening to Tommy assure her. Mary darling, it's alright, I'm here. Oh Tom, you are. You did come back for me. I thought you never would. I tried to kill myself, but I hadn't the courage. Oh, dare, dare, Mary. Everything's going to be all right now. It will be, Tom, won't it? Ugh, I am so tired. And now, Tom, I think the time has come to reassure Mary that you did right to Of course I did, Mary, darling. I sent you money and told you that I'd be back here to take you to Barry as soon as I'd saved up enough. You wrote to me, Tom? Twice a week, and I wrote to Mother, too. Then why didn't I get the letters? The answer to that should be obvious, my dear. Gilly the postman <laughs> deliberately withheld them from you. Gilly? Great heavens, why? I have my suspicions. Strong suspicions, but I have to get proof. Tell Mary, the day before yesterday, Mr. Fred Gold murdered his wife. Do you know how we learned of her infidelity? Well, I'm not sure, but I did hear Mrs. Mickle say it was through some letters that got mixed up. The letters addressed to her were delivered to his office instead of at the house. Give me again! Precisely! <laughs> Surely the hotel will pattern begins to take shape. Tom! Yes, Mr. Holmes. I'm going to lay a trap. To spring it, to spring it, I'm going to need your assistance. Of course, Mr. Holmes. I'll do anything. Wait here with Mary until darkness falls. Then muffle yourselves up and then go to your mother's house. Wait there in hiding and let no outsider see you until you hear from me. Since you two lovebirds have been separated for four months, I don't imagine that would be too unpleasant. <laughs> Quiet, Watson! <laughs> Do you understand, Tom? Yes, Mr. Holmes. Good! Come on, Watson. <laughs> What's your plan, Holmes? I'll tell you as we go. The one thing I can promise you, 
Before the sun is very high tomorrow, I shall free this village from one of the most subtly evil powers I've ever come in contact with. Dun, dun, dun. Good morning, Dr. Watson, <coughs> Mr. Holmes. Good morning, Miss Mickle. Good morning. I always said that Mary was no good girl, and now she's killed herself. But of course I had to come to a funeral. That's very charitable, <coughs> Mrs. Mickle. I must say, in any case, the vicar says that the poor girl was of unsound mind. Yes, madam. You can't blame her. Well, I'll be getting into the church. Holmes, this farce is beginning <laughs> to get on my nerves. What are we accomplishing by burying an empty coffin? You'll soon see, old chap. Come on, let's slip into the vestry. <laughs> this way. Where are we going, Holmes? Up the stairs that lead to the belfry. Here we are. Well, supposing Gilly turns nasty when he finds out, uh, we know his secret. Then we must handle it to the best of our abilities, Watson. Well, I must say, I do not relish the thought of a tussle high in the belfry of a church. The man must be insane. Obviously. That's why his power must be destroyed. This door apparently leads to the belfry. Keep your wits about you, Watson. Good morning, Gilly. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, you've come to see me at work. That's nice of you. Not often I get company up here. We haven't come here to see you at work, Gilly. We know your diabolical work only too well. Yes, Gilly, we know your secret. <laughs> what secret's that? You're mad with power, Gilly! <laughs> You've tried to control the destiny of this village. In your position as postman, you thought you have the power to give life and death. Oh, that I am, sir. And that's a great power. It makes a man feel good. Almost like a god, you might say. That's a sacrilege thing to say, you scoundrel. You were responsible for the murder of Mrs. Threadgold. Oh, I'm sure that I was. And for the old man hanging himself. You were responsible for John Letterby's suicide, weren't you? That I was. Letterby tried to vote me off to village council. I swore I'd make him pay for it. And I did. Your reign is over, Gillian. You'll never tell La Belle again. The only one you'll hear is a prison bell. You can't touch me, Mr. Holmes. You've got no proof. There's nothing you can do. Don't be so sure! I have enough influence to take your job away. You? You? You take me away from me bells? I live for these bells. You wouldn't take me away from them. You couldn't live without the power they gave you. Could you, Gilly? You're trying to destroy me. You're already destroyed, Gilly. <laughs> yes, you've already failed. Mary's alive. Alive? But the coffin they're burying down there. It is full of stones. You'll be the laughing stock of the village, Gilly. Don't never laugh at Gilly. You can't catch me, Mr. Holmes. I'm beyond you still. He's running up the ladder leading to the bell tower. Come back, Gilly! 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 He's mad as a Gilly! Come! He's Gilly! He's Gilly, come back! He's mad. Gilly! Mad as a shithouse rat. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, 
what's he going to do up there? He, he might uh, set fire to the steeple. Could make uh, any madness. I'm going to fetch him. Oh. No, Watson. He drew a knife as he fled. And with that rickety staircase and the narrow opening leading into the bell chamber, you'd never stand a chance. He'd let, he'd get, he'd get you on the first ledge. Then how are we going to get him down? There's only one way. Okay. He's in a tiny loft containing his beloved bells. We'll see how much he loves them at close quarters. I doubt if even he can stand the noise in that confined space. Where's the bell rope? Come down, Gilly. Come down from there. Stop! Stop ringing me bell! Not until you come down, Gilly! Stop ringing them! I can't stand that! You'll make me mad! You are mad, Gilly! You're mad with power! Come down here, I say! Oh, I'm coming! Oh! <laughs> Great heavens! He hold himself out the belfry. Holmes, uh, he hasn't the chance of surviving that fall. I had no intention of causing that unhappy man to jump to his death, Watson. Though I can't help but feel that this poor demented mind may find some happy oblivion this way, rather than in the confines of an asylum. Uh, yes, you're probably right, Holmes. It's been a shocking case, Watson. Shocking! And once again it proves the old saying that Violence does intrude recoil upon the violent. And the schema falls into the pit, which he digs for another. Now, Watson, what about next week? <laughs> uh, well, uh, um, <clears throat> let me see. What's left in the here? Next week I'll tell you a rather gruesome story about how Sherlock Holmes saved the life of and the sanity of a certain Count Ramia. I call it the adventure of the Carpathian Horror. Tonight's new Sherlock Holmes adventure was suggested by an incident in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Golden Pince-Nez, which I hadn't read. Uh, the Sherlock Holmes series is produced by uh, the Mind Rose. Uh, this is Tim speaking for Cremel Hair Tonic and Cremel Shampoo, and inviting you to be with us next week at the same time when Dr. Watson will tell us the Adventure of the Carpathian Horror. Horror. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Shazam.